0: This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome back to the Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barsulia. The article we will be discussing next is Six Reasons Dance Training Makes Us Better Human Beings from Dance Magazine by Steve Z. Z-E-E is how he spells his last name. This is a cutting-edge, brand-new article. Came out September 27th, 2017. You heard it here first, folks. Everyone knows that training is the cornerstone of a successful career in dance. But as a dance educator, I also take comfort in the fact that high-quality dance training helps shape students into genuinely good people, in addition to creating future artists, which is a wonderful goal in itself. These are the lessons Dance teaches that help make students into better humans. Improvement takes commitment over time. In my TAP courses at Cal State University, sometimes students are shocked when they can't learn something quickly. In today's world, we're used to getting... FAST RESULTS! You need an answer, Google it. You need to talk to someone, text them. The Cooking Channel wants your dinner to be easy. The Physical Trainer wants your workout to be 5 minutes. Rosetta Stone can have you speaking Mandarin in one hour. But dancers know that even when you have aptitude, there's no substitute for hard work and perseverance. Acquiring any skill of value takes time. It's the way we learn to dance, to play music, to speak a foreign language, to succeed academically, to change social norms, and to break down barriers. We lace up our shoes day after day, week after week, year after year, and learn how to dance. Commitment over time is the very antithesis of modern living and is at the core of dance training.
1: Wow. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Any type of dance takes training and practice and putting in effort, and there are gonna be those dances that take five minutes to learn and then there's those that are going to take you months to learn (laughs) because there's just that new technique or that new sequence or that new move um i.e. all the hand motions from Guyton and Roy and Fred and thanks guys um you know and stuff that you're not used to so you're gonna have to practice and you're going to have to put in the work um and that's how you get the skill.
0: As my Taekwondo instructor used to say, you get out of it what you put into it. We, for some dances, in preparation for Windy City Line Dance Mania, did not put in as much time as other dances. We are going to get out of those dances with a minimal prep, a minimal experience. (laughs) And the ones that we have been coming back to again and again, because we don't want to lose what we learn, for those, we're going to get plenty.
1: Yes, peak experiences, as we like to reference them as. Yes. So.
0: Failures are opportunities. At the foundation where I work that gives low-cost dance lessons to underserved kids, we do assessments to place students in the appropriate level. Every year, we remind the kids that in academic schooling, not moving up to the grade next grade every year is seen as a failure. But in the arts... It is normal to stay in a level for multiple years as you, are, as you perfect your skills. Every year there are kids who don't move up and are upset, but they soon realize that moving to the next level comes with mastery of a certain set of techniques, and mastering those techniques takes hard work.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> to say the least, I know, I know going from the bar venture that I was on that w- that I did and going into the circuit world as you would say I was in a whole another world and I had so many more opportunities to learn so much more technique and so many more styles of dance and so much responsibility if I wanted to be the good dancer that I want to be I was going to have to put in a ton of work and learn different styles, like the nightclub's two steps and the, you know, West Coast Swing and the, um, the waltzes. Like, I mean, those are different style dances, and it's not something that you commonly see at a bar. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely a wow, I suck as a dancer, whereas I felt like I could do any dance in the bar if I just put just a little bit of effort to it. I mean, when I say little, like maybe 10%, like a little bit of effort, not much. Um, And then I learned about the circuit, and even their beginner dances, for whatever reason, looked like I was going to be, like, out of my league. With the way people executed movement and the passion people danced with, it's not something I was exposed to on a really regular basis at the bar. Um, there was those, like, two or three people, maybe, that had that kind of passion and determination and even potential for skill set, let alone actually had the skill set. Um, the first time I learned a waltz, that was a nightmare and I'm grateful for every second of struggle and every possible wrong movement I did because of the fact that struggling that hard and then somewhat getting it just made me want it that much more. Um, So I put more and more and more and more work into it and since then... Um I have gotten better. Now, I definitely have leagues to go still, but I have certainly improved. and if it wasn't for the fact that I was struggling and failing to succeed in this dance, that um, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now. And just like, uh, what was it, do something crazy. The first time I attempted to learn that dance, that was a nightmare. I actually had to take like a 15-minute break because I was failing to learn how to do those steps so badly. I was getting frustrated, and I didn't understand why I couldn't pick up the steps. And I had to give myself that break that it's like, this is all new technique. It's all new experiences. These are not steps you're used to. You're used to the grapevine. You can do the grapevine. You are not used to these other movements. Uh, Same thing with uh, Broken Heart. That first time I tried to learn that, I had to walk away because I couldn't get it. And then, like, almost a year later, you tried teaching it to me again, and I was able to pick it up in less than, like, 15, 20 minutes. Rough pickup. was not perfect by any means, but... I was at least able to understand the steps because in that year's time, I have learned so many other different dances and i pushed myself so hard to get better at these dances that I understood the movements.
0: I think also with the failures as opportunities, you can be more helpful to people who are going through it themselves. If you enter every competition and get first place on the first try, and somebody says, Oh man, I've been doing this for like four years and I haven't placed yet. Like, how do how do you get past that feeling of just like rejection and not good enough? Like, I don't know, I got first place. That's uh, pretty rough being you though. Hmm. Right. Have an ice cream, I guess. <laughs> there isn't really much you can say when you haven't experienced failure yourself. You can say, maybe ask that guy. Maybe that guy can help you. But uh, you can't be of much personal assistance besides say, well, here's what I did. But I couldn't even tell you which were the successful parts and which were just the dumb luck parts.
1: Right. True. Very true.
0: Also, I like the, uh, the Randy Pausch idea that the brick walls are not there to keep you out. They're there to keep everybody else out who doesn't want it bad enough. True. It really lets people know that you are in it for the long haul when you are willing to suffer through every failure to get there. And somebody else who just waltzes into the scene, and they come up with a couple clever ideas, and they do great, and they hit all the milestones within the first three or four years, and they think, well, nothing else for me. Time to retire. And then everybody who supported them and wanted them to get where they were ends up disappointed because they've disappeared. they learned all these dances. They've invested hours and hours of time learning and then doing that person's dances and now they're not going to go to any more events so they don't get the, the people don't get to do those dances how fair is that
2: you know? right.
0: they, people want to support somebody who will be there through thick and thin through uh, fat and lean times for their success and their yep. name and their paycheck and uh, that's a person you can develop a long-term dance relationship with
1: right exactly
0: yeah. You don't get something for nothing. In dance class, you are only entitled to what you earn. And what you earn doesn't even necessarily have to be perfect dance technique. Some of my favorite students over the years have not been the best tap dancers, but they've been magnificent students. They show up on time and are prepared. They work hard, they sweat, and they persevere. Maybe they don't become the most skilled dancer in the room, but they often reap the most benefits. And here is the beautiful part. Those kids have worked hard exactly because they don't have a feeling of entitlement.
1: This will definitely go into uh, next week's uh, topic, I think, which is the imposter syndrome. (laughs) Uh, I know for me personally, I look at a lot of this stuff as... um, I'm very just blessed to be able to be a part of it. And there are certain times where I feel like a fraud, like I shouldn't be able to be where I'm at now um, because I I don't feel like I've put in the amount of work that I would expect for someone to be at the point where I'm at. Um, And I certainly, I love walking into Dolly's class And just seeing everybody and, you know, they just get so excited that, you know, they get to dance and that, you know, we're there and like that kind of feeling is just, yay, you know, as opposed to, yeah, I deserve this. I'm up on stage. I'm teaching everybody, um, you know, and this, I've been in the rut. I've been in the low when it comes to my dance world. And I don't ever want to go there again. And I think some of it had to do with the fact that I stopped treating every dance experience as a blessing. I stopped treating any opportunity I got to share with someone on the dance floor. um, I stopped treating it as a gift. And I started just like, oh, yeah, it's a regular Friday night. This is where I go on Fridays, you know, as opposed to I'm so lucky that I still get to do this with the people I love, my friends and you know, people who matter most to me. Um, it was a hard choice this past week um, with the fact that, you know, we are no longer hosting a Friday night. And that's where I got to see some of my friends so that was a difficult choice, but I also know that dance needs to be treated in a, a manner in which you shouldn't be taking it for granted. It is passion. It's a. If you ask me, it's almost like it's a. It's own living organism, and it needs to be nurtured and taken care of and treated with respect, as opposed to the idea of entitlement or I deserve this or anything like that um, I know people love absolutely love watching you dance and I mean we're, we're not rose colored glasses we are not Rachel <laughs> we know that like her technique is years of hard work and practice same thing with Madison, even Simon, you know, I mean, Cat Painter, like, they're all amazing technical dancers in, on top of their passion, and that's not us yet, and yet being the word, um, but because you dance with so so much heart and passion it's infectious to those around you and people just love watching you dance it and that's kind of what he's saying about how you know they work hard they sweat they persevere they might not be the most skilled on the floor but because they love it so much and they do treat it as a blessing that it comes across in such a pure and innocent way of appreciating and celebrating life.
0: I think one of the things that really shows us the worth of our dance experiences is when we have to sacrifice something else to get the new shoes or to take that trip for one day to somebody's workshop or to make some overseas trip maybe possible. Like <laughs> We know what that means for eating at restaurants or buying a, a case of something, you know, for somebody's event or whatever. You're like you can't do all of the things all at once necessarily yeah. under circumstances of constraint. Even even time constraints, like not even just financial, but you know when you should be going over dances for an upcoming event that you know you're going to regret not doing if you don't do it. And you know when it's time to sleep. And you know how much sleep you can get away with not having, so you can learn those dances.
1: <laughs> and sometimes you push the envelope a little.
0: Yes. <laughs> so when you do that dance at that event, it feels earned. <laughs> you took time away from whatever you you could have been doing otherwise, even if it's just a day off you just want to have a day to go on netflix or youtube or reddit or facebook and you know that there's that like there's this there's this little person inside you with like glasses toward the future and you're helping to clean some of the vaseline off the lenses like look look more clearly at what you're going to be missing it's very easy to stay blind to it and just do what you want but if, if you help that person see what they would be missing if you didn't make those sacrifices then you know you have to think long term and as they say you know, the juice will be worth the squeeze okay yeah.
1: um, kind of on the opposite side of that the sacrifice of dance just so that you can afford to live is another reason why you start to realize that it's, it's not a right. Just to be able to go to all these events, it's not you're not entitled to them. You have to figure out how to make these things work. And sometimes you have to pick and choose. I know not going to Detroit's Motor, Motor City is killing me. It's absolutely killing me. But there's no way... That I could afford nor get the time off from work and I would have to sacrifice one event for another and unfortunately the one that got sacrificed this year is Motor City and I would love to be there more than anything because I would much rather be there than at work for sure but it was just one of those things where it's like I've done so many things and with the switching of the jobs and, like, just all of it that it just came to a point where it's like, okay, you got to be able to pay rent because otherwise you don't have a house over your head. And then where are you at, you know? And so knowing that I have to sacrifice this one time so that I can, you know, afford to, to live... I'm not even gonna say eat because that's that's questionable, but to actually have you know like enough money to pay for rent and pay bills and whatnot um, puts into perspective for me that you know sometimes in order to pay for these events you got to work, <laughs> and so I can't just show up to these events and expect you know everything to be paid for. I can't just walk onto an airplane. And they're going to have a seat for me. So I have to pay for that seat somehow. And then, you know, all of the other things. And so knowing that, you know, like I have my responsibilities on top of everything else. You know, it's like, okay, I, ha- I have to make the smart decision as much fun as the other decision would be to make.
2: Yep.
1: So it's definitely challenging. Um, and... Again, the, the learning 60-some-odd dances in two weeks um, is a challenge and a sacrifice of sleep and probably health and sanity at that. Um, but it's going to be so worth it tonight when we step onto that ballroom that potentially there's that dance we saw at Fun in the Sun or last year's Vegas or whatever that we have been wanting to learn because we want to experience it with this group of people, and we're going to be able to get out there and at least fight for it. Yep. It's going to be worth it. So
0: We are accountable to ourselves and each other. At the foundation where I teach, we have a very strict wardrobe policy. Any student not properly dressed sits and observes class that day. It may seem overly harsh, but there's wisdom behind it. There might be a time that a dancer or their family forgets the uniform, but it doesn't happen again. Over time, as the dancer matures, they learn to be responsible without the parents being involved, and you no longer hear, My mom forget my shoes! Dancers also become responsible for learning the material. They learn that the teacher is not a puppet master who can make a body do the correct thing. It is up to the student to learn the material. They learn that they are responsible to the rest of the class, and that being absent lets down their classmates, because other dancers can't get into good practice without everyone in the room. Missing class, coming to class unprepared, or not focusing on executing the steps properly, they learn affects everyone else. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, obviously it's a little bit different when it comes to... The mass majority of line dance, but if you just think of it as the idea that there's two of us learning a dance, and you know, say one of us doesn't show up or whatever, it's kind of hard for us to make a line dance when uh, only one of us knows it. Um, The other thing is, I know that like I get energy off of you when I'm dancing. I hope the same obviously happens. And so when we're able to practice these dances together, we're able to keep that energy flowing when it comes to that particular dance, as well as um, the accountable for ourselves, for sure. Um, I look at that more as in, like, the effort we put in, um, as well as our consideration for others. Like, on the barroom floor, if someone's struggling with a dance you know it's so important for you who knows the dance to try and help them if you know they seem open to getting receiving the assistance um it makes things so much better for everybody because one they're not just trying to figure it out by themselves they're not running into everybody under the sun when you're telling them to go right they're gonna try and go right as opposed to left um so there's less likely to be, you know, injury that way. As well as I know, any time I've done it, they've been so grateful that I even took a moment of my time, regardless of who I may or may not be in the situation, um, to help them through it. Like, you know, they've always appreciated it, and like they've had a more enjoyable experience because of it. And for me, that's all about the energy you put into the room. And if you have more positive, enjoyable, fun-loving energy than you have negative, then that's going to be the, real, the vibe of the room. And so the more people that you can help, the better off we're all going to be. This
0: thing this reminds me of is thing I was reading recently about excuses and how it's just a bad habit to be in and for something like being accountable to ourselves and each other if you're a DJ and people are requesting a song so that you can do a particular dance and you say oh okay yeah I don't have the music but um, you know, I'll see if I can get that and really you're just saying no no I actually don't want to play that one I have no intention of getting the music just say that like otherwise you're making an excuse you're, you come back the next time and they say hey so do you have that song he's like Oh no, I wasn't able to get that. Six months later, you still don't have the song. They will consider you to be a dishonest person. Uh, and if you had just been upfront at the beginning, maybe they wouldn't have liked it, but at least you shot straight with them, you know? Uh, and you're telling them, very upfront, my desires as the DJ are more important than yours as a patron of this bar or as an attendee of this event. And that. That sort of admission makes you reflect on, wait, what is my job? What am I supposed to be doing in my role in part of the dance community? And is it acceptable to have given the response that I did? If not, and if you hold yourself accountable to uh, the well-being of everybody who depends on you, then everybody will have a better experience. And if you are not willing to do that, then maybe the event manager or bar owner can look for somebody who does put everybody else first. I know that there are many factors involved in these sorts of things, but in this particular example, it would be really uh, intended to highlight this as a way of preventing yourself from making similar excuses in whatever role you play. And know that your actions have consequences on everybody in the dance community around you. Like you were saying, dance could be like a a living organism, almost. And your action will have that ripple effect that affects the whole body. Yep. Cutting corners isn't an option. My younger students will invariably ask me when they can move to the next level. And my answer is very frustrating to them. I'm sure I say that there is really only one level, beginning. If everything goes well in the beginning, improvement will flow. If any corners are cut, it will be hard to become advanced. I distill advanced steps down to the same words I use for a first and first tap lesson. Anyone with an aptitude for dance who excelled a little too quickly will tell you that they eventually go back to fill in the gaps.
1: That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense to me.
0: One of the dances that I have been working on in preparation for Windy City is Speechless because I saw Rachel do it about a year ago. I was tremendously inspired, as I'm sure everybody is when they see her do that uh, on video. And this does not make me an advanced dancer just because I got through it once or twice at full speed. I have so much to work on for my balance, uh, for my momentum control, uh, precision in landing, and then having all of this control, balancing that with a sense or a feeling of grace and smoothness. Rachel is an advanced dancer. The choreographer, Tom Mickers, is an advanced dancer. I am working in a direction that may eventually make me feel like I have checked off a bunch of boxes for that particular dance, there's always going to be something else I can work on. One of the things that I admire most about Rachel is that she works on everything, in every genre, all the time. (laughs) And she looks perfectly natural doing something funky and hip-hop, just as she would doing something that looks like professional ballet. She's... uh, Oh, and also, she's able to do beginner stuff, as though that's like the most fun dance in the world for her, just doing that classic beginner dance that everybody's been doing for 25 years she can look like she's having a blast at it because I'm sure she is she's found a way to do that
1: yeah um I like the idea that there's really only one level beginner um because of the fact that um I like to believe that the day you think you're done learning is the day you stop growing um And I think a true, quote-unquote, master of skill is the person who still knows that there's still more to learn. Mm -hmm. They're still trying to perfect some execution of some sort of movement. Um, I believe that when you constantly challenge yourself to better yourself, um, it's, it's the idea of, okay... I can take a step. Now this time, I can turn. Can I get two turns in here and execute it properly and safely and gracefully? And, okay, now what about doing this movement? And so on and so forth. Um, One of your interviews, and I've referenced it a couple times now, um, I always fail to remember his last name, but it's Max from Reno.
0: Oh, Max Walcott, yes.
1: Um, He always... He said something in his interview that spoke volumes to me, which was the idea that when people claim that they're advanced dancers, he says, "Show me your electric slide." And most of the time, that trips people up because they, you know, they think of advanced dancers as, like, say, a Guyton or um, you know, some Fred dance or something like that, like where there's a lot of movement and a lot of different weird timing and fast and like go 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 go. Um, Or, for instance, Speechless, which is just, you know, smooth and graceful and, you know, just stunning to watch when executed properly. Like, those are advanced dances. And so the people who can do those dances, naturally, they're advanced dancers. Well, if you can't, you know, have fun and execute electric slide and spice it up and throw in variations can you really say that you're an advanced dancer you know and, and that kind of made me realize that you know you're always learning you're always modifying you're always growing as long as you're always challenging yourself to take that next thing to know that you're not perfect and just because you've done it 50 times doesn't mean 51 is gonna work you know. So to keep moving forward.
0: I was reading uh, from the same book that I've been referring to many, many times over the course of these couple episodes. <clears> There's <throat> a part here that says, one of my favorite sayings is by author and philosopher Eric Hoffer, who said, the learners shall inherit the earth, while the learned will be beautifully equipped to live in a world that no longer exists. Another way of saying that is, if you're not continuously learning, you will be left behind.
2: Yeah. Oh, and then there's
0: another one here that says, if you think education is expensive, this is Benjamin Franklin, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance.
1: (laughs) True story.
0: (laughs) All right, there's one last point here in this article entitled Six Ways Dance Training Makes Us Better Human Beings, written by Steve Z for Dance Magazine. And the final point here is what other people think doesn't matter. In a world that is so concerned about appearances, dance teaches you that what others think is not the most important thing. I try to explain to my young students that they can't let their experiences get derailed by what they think someone else may be thinking. If they stand front and center in class and make a mistake, what does it matter what another student thinks? Stand in front, get that correction, improve, because you want to, and let someone else's view be darned. Let those too lethargic to meet their potential stand in the back and watch you strive to be better. If you can't do it today, there is always next class and you are already on the way because you have begun.
1: couple things come to mind. One, one of the things we've always said to ourselves is even if we don't get a dance and remember it all the way first try, it will, it'll be easier the next time we try it. It lays the foundation. Exactly. It lays the foundation. It gives you the opportunity to find that familiar ground when you are trying it again in the future. Um, It helps you make the connections easier because you've started already. If you never start, you have nothing to reference. Um, Another thing that comes up is I've had a couple different conversations with a couple different friends of mine. And they are very concerned about what other people think. And they feed off of the energy when people like them, and they get depressed when people don't. And that, I mean, I've been there. I I understand what they're talking about. I know I can relate, but I got to a point where I realized I can't base my life off of that because I'm living for them and not me. And then, realistically, I'm not happy. yeah, it's great being liked by people. I'm not going to deny that. Who doesn't want to be liked? Who doesn't want to be adored? Who doesn't want to be loved? It, but to base your whole life on being accepted by others, you're never going to get true acceptance because of the fact is you're always going to question, well, do they really like me? As opposed to once you start working on you and what drives you and why you do what you do and you start making it so that it's your reasons as to why you're out there it's your reasons as to why you're happy um, that's when it's not going to necessarily matter quite so much Mm
2: -hmm.
1: as well as it's going to feed you in a way that allows you to be more energetic on the dance floor and more positive in life and it's going to allow you to start seeing even some of these strong struggles as opportunities as opposed to, well I should just give up. Um, Once you start to learn to like yourself and feed your own energy, um, I think actually in the book what was it you either affect people or infect people Mm -hmm. That you were showing me and it's true. if you can figure out how to affect others in a positive way and that stemmed from a true love of yourself and not of just what am I going to get back from them, um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised on the reactions you get.
0: One thing that I found very impressive about, uh, surprise, surprise, Rachel. <laughs> uh, at Wild Wild West was that she was willing to do a couple things really. Now a couple more just occurred to me. First was I was thinking about Summer Sway and how she forgot the version that she intended to teach and she had somebody who did know the version she was going to teach. Do it a couple times in the crowd. And then when she saw that she was like Oh okay yeah, yeah I've got it Like, well, Eventually she had it She was willing to look unprepared and or foolish And know that everyone was still going to love her Like Maybe she could have worried and said like Uh oh they're, they're going to know I don't have this If I ask for help So I'd better just fake it Or take a moment and like try to do it on my own And tell them that I had like a cough or something But no In front of everybody In front of the entire attending group she showed us that it's okay to have you know, a, a slight flub and have everybody still have a great time and not judge her also she took yeah. the risk of doing a couple of turbo teaches for King of the Road and Mars Attack when she saw that not enough people knew them for her liking she said okay, alright we're going to do this right now, you're going to learn this and you're going to enjoy it because I'm Rachel and I know that about about you <laughs> dancers Yes, I'm
1: sure that's exactly what was going through (laughs) her head.
0: (laughs) And she was right. Like, she was right to do that. We all had a memorable, had-to-be-there experience with her, a moment that, like, we could share with her that nobody outside of that room did. And it took her putting her neck out there... And, uh, and looking like, you know, whatever, you know, like a, a con- Maybe somebody else would say, like, why is she interrupting the flow? But, like, people who really know her know where her heart is, they know where her intention is, and she trusted that we would give her the benefit of the doubt in deciding it was time to learn King of the Road. Right? Yeah.
1: I know. I, I look at, like, everything she did in Portland and all the floor splits and the turbo teaches of the floor split dances in Portland. Um, this year, and I, I knew I respected her as a choreographer. I knew I loved watching her um, as an, an entertainer. And it wasn't until uh, let me rephrase that, and at Wild Wild West. I didn't think I could love her any more than I already did. And then she did what she did that whole weekend. And most importantly, that flub, as you put it, teach, um, of Summer Sway at the very beginning, that was when I respected her on a whole nother level that, you know, most people would probably be like, wait, you you have more respect and you have more admiration for her because she had a mistake um, and yes, yes I do very much so because like I had a conversation with one of our friends, Alex um, it makes her a little bit more human and my goals a little bit more attainable, knowing that she wasn't just born perfect <laughs>
0: Yeah, it only looks that way. (laughs) And she's taken a long time working hard on herself in many different fields, as we mentioned earlier, to improve anything that needs improving.
1: Yeah, and how she handled that whole situation with grace and ease and comedy, just, yeah, I couldn't, her reaction to what happened just made me respect her so much more. Because it could have gone a whole lot worse. So,
0: And you know, I mean, since we still have like two and a half minutes, I think I'll also note that uh, in the book that I've been reading, they mentioned that it's okay to promote yourself. Like if you have something that you um, have to offer, it's all right to let people know you have it. The way they, they compared it, to, the thing they compared it to is, if you have like the cure for arthritis, and you know a lot of people are suffering and you are too shy or too afraid to, sit, to speak up and say, Hey, I have something that might interest you. Like, well, then who's going to benefit? You know, everybody's going to continue to suffer and be missing out uh, because you thought that it was the right thing to do to hide from everyone. And I think that she has a great balance of, like, in, in signatures, she puts in, like, emails or whatnot. It'll say, like, Rachel McEnany, seven times this and that, all her different accomplishments and people could think, they, they could look at that and think, wow, she thinks a lot of herself to have all these titles. But what she does by doing that is give people encouragement to go to events where she is on staff. Because it shows them, hey, like, I, I do know a couple things about dance. If you come here, I can teach you some stuff that will really help you improve and make you feel more confident. If she were to hide all that and just say, yeah, my name is Rachel M, M-W, and uh, I like to dance down here in Florida, you might think, oh, well, that doesn't sound very impressive. Why should I go to that and not just stay at home? I'm gonna learn from this other person who doesn't actually know what they're doing, but it's easier, you know? Uh, it's a drive away instead of making the flight. By, yeah. by saying you need to make the flight, this is worth it, you go, you improve, and oh, whoop! it turns out it was actually worth it. Right. And she's willing to take that risk.
1: Yep.
0: All right, we got 45 seconds left. Roughly, any thoughts about Windy City coming up? Any excitements?
1: I, I am very anxious to get to the hotel. Oh,
0: <laughs> as am I. We have a lot of people that we we would like to see. A lot of lot people hugs. to dance with. <laughs> all the hugs. I want hugs. And we would like to thank you all out in Internet Radio Land for having patience with yeah. us here at this Starbucks in Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. Uh, As always, this upload will be available on linedancepodcast.com. Thank you for those of you who tuned in live and who tune in live every week on uh, Move Radio and Line Dance Podcast. Until next time, Megan and I will see See you you on the the dance dance floor. floor.